Hello, Marketeers. Welcome to another episode of AEC Marketeer Podcast, exploring AEC marketing and beyond. I'm your host, Keelan Cox, and I'll be exploring marketing trends and answering your most pressing questions to help you thrive as an AEC Marketeer. Hello, Marketeers. Today I have on Cricket Robertson to give us a little insight into her career story and to walk through what it means to navigate your own career path. Enjoy. Hey there, Marketeers. Today I have on Cricket Robertson with nearly 25 years of marketing experience in the AEC industry. Cricket is a SMPS fellow as well as a CPSM, and she develops brand messaging and works with all levels of company leadership to create experiences. She is a marketing professional with the ability to conceptualize solutions and implement successful processes. Cricket's passion is communications and branding and being able to tell the story to create connections. Her skills include writing, designing, and producing quality materials. Cricket has worked in all AEC sectors, giving her a comprehensive understanding of how our companies work together. Welcome, Cricket. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So my first question, how did you get started in the AEC industry? What's your story? So everyone's story is so interesting and so different. And so few of us actually went to school for marketing or went to school and knew anything about professional services marketing. So my very beginning of my story is a little bit more the standard typical started as the receptionist. I don't know why our industry does this. Oh, if you're a receptionist, you're automatically a marketing person. For me, it happened to work out well. So got thrown into it. My very first job in the industry was for a HVAC subcontractor. And then I was off to the races. I have worked in all three sectors, A, E, and C. My passion and I get the most excited about is construction. I did leave the industry for two years and went to healthcare and I hated it. So I was like, just get me back to my peeps. So I am I'm back to stay. And now with a CPSM and a fellow, I'm pretty, pretty dedicated to, to our industry at this point. Right. So one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on is to talk about navigating your career path and what that means for you specifically. So could you define navigating your career path? What does it mean to you? Sure. For me, it is very much like a navigation and a journey. It is not something that 20 years or whatever, you know, wherever you are in your career, you just all of a sudden, that's it. Our world around us and all of us have seen this that, you know, the past 12 months is changing continuously. So if we aren't continuing to adapt ourselves and our skills, we're doing ourselves a big disservice. So for me, it's just an ongoing search. I have had a couple of pretty significant milestones in my search where I really had some really deep soul searching and was blessed to have mentors that helped ask me the hard questions. And then once I answered those, pulled me to that. But now that for me, I have found, you know, kind of my niche and where I love to be every day. But like I said, I still need to be able to adapt and look in the industry, see what's going on, be ready to be nimble and flexible with everything. Right. 
I've talked about this before on the podcast and I'll bring it up again. There is this perception, at least when I entered the industry, that you put your time in with proposals, you graduate from those, top of the totem pole is BD. Mm -hmm. Where do you think that comes from and how do we deconstruct it? I think it comes from an older perspective and maybe older is not the right word, but a little bit, and this probably isn't the right word either, but a little bit archaic perspective of, you know, before there was all of this technology available, before there were as many different career paths within marketing and business development, I think the mindset that was, was just limited. And so it was, you know, pretty much marketing, which at the time was predominantly proposals and BD. And so I think it's just been something, you know, that started back in the old days and has continued. I think that it is up to all of us to stop the perpetuation of that. For me, there's not enough money in this world to pay me to do BD. So (laughs) if that was like my only pathway, I, I, I wouldn't still be here. So I think it's really up to us to not only educate ourselves on what the different paths are, uh, but also then up to us to educate our employers because, I mean, none of us, we don't know what we don't know. And so with that perception, and I think it is also stronger in certain parts of the country, but it's up to us to educate our employers on what the difference is between marketing and business development, what the overall value is to each. They definitely work together, but there's so much value in each one that to just say that that's the end all be all, I think we're doing all of ourselves and our industry and the value we inherently bring by a disservice. So at the end of the day, it's up to us. Right. So could you walk me through maybe your career process as it were, to end up getting to be a director of corporate marketing and communication. So I know we did like a high level overview of your career, but what decisions did you make starting at the beginning of your career? Absolutely. How has that led you here? So I absolutely, I won't take you all through the huge gory details, but I also, <laughs> I also will be pretty vulnerable with some of this. So like I said, I started in a subcontractor And at the time I made some of the decisions that I made, they, they were the best decisions for me at the time, or at least I thought that's what that they were at the time. However, looking back and I'm also, I am fortunate enough to be able to be self-reflective. And sometimes it takes me a while to figure out kind of the part I played. (laughs) Anyway, looking back, I have definitely seen where I perhaps didn't make the best decision. However, I mean, looking back, it's always also a double-edged sword because there's many things in my life I would change if I had the opportunity to do over, but it's also having gone through all of that, that has made me who I am today. Right. So that was kind of a huge long intro. So I started it as a, a subcontractor role, and then I moved over to engineering and It it was great. I love construction, but engineers are a close second. They're just, they're quirky, but they're, they're so much fun. Yeah. Uh, And really within the the HVAC subcontractor, obviously that was vertical construction, civil engineering, obviously it's horizontal. So two totally different worlds. I learned a lot 
I was at that company. Well, I, again, I don't need to take you all through the, the gory details. I believe it was about three years. Okay. And then I went to a contractor who had just graduated from the 8A small business program and had been purchased by the Shaw Group, which some people, I mean, that's their, um, their monsters. Okay. I mean, in, not in a bad way, they're just big. They're very big. <laughs> as soon as I said that, I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> and even though they had just graduated from the A-Day program, they still were military contractors and still had a lot of, you know, the IDIQs, jocks, sabers. There was one other acronym in there. So still in that world, just obviously couldn't participate with the small business contracts. I was only there for a year and I was actually recruited to go to work for a marketing consulting firm who specialized in 8A contractors. So it did make sense uh, at the time because anyone who has spent any time in federal contracting knows that that is a completely different animal. And I'm sure it's changed because I haven't been in that world for a few years, but in anything we do, the attention to detail is critical. But I mean, just the volumes and volumes. I mean, there was boxes and boxes and boxes of things we would have to turn in for every proposal. So yeah. at least, you know, going into the consulting, I had an understanding of how all of that went for me. And I actually was, was laid off, but that was a great experience for me to realize that I am not cut out to be a consultant. <laughs> okay. And some of my best friends are consultants and very, very successful. I, Cricket Robertson, am not <laughs> cut out for it. <laughs> like, like, you know, there's not enough money for me to go into BD, you know, there's right. plenty of money for consulting. I just wouldn't make any, <laughs> 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 which obviously would be problematic since yep. I'm not independently wealthy. Um, <laughs> so it was a good experience for me. And I also, being on the consultant side, was exposed to more than just proposals. Because we did help clients with websites and interviews and, you know, graphics with logo development and all the, all the things. Right. And then when I was laid off, I believe that's when I went to healthcare. And like I said, professional services marketing is my thing. Like, again, glad for those two years of experience, but I wanted my peeps back. So at that point, actually moved from Utah to Arizona to work for URS, who is now AECOM. Right. And... I worked there through the recession, what, 2008, eight nine, yeah. And that was also a good experience for me to also realize that I am more comfortable in a non-publicly traded company. Um, okay. Yep. <laughs> there's, and again, I mean, all of these experiences have been valuable experiences for me to, to, to determine, yeah, what kind of environment do I like? What kind of culture do I like? What kind of company? And so when I made the decision to leave URS, this is about the time where I would start to do things a little bit differently, you know, looking back. Right. Uh, but they're publicly traded. Their focus is the bottom line. And they had already cut a couple of departments in Phoenix and we're moving them up to Denver. And there was just a lot of uncertainty. And being a single girl, I always call myself a single girl, a stable job is really what I need. Right. <laughs> so 
so I, in all reality, probably left that job a little prematurely just because I was nervous, but then went to my first vertical general contractor and started to realize that construction is my jam. Now, this is where I will be hugely vulnerable here. I definitely had my ego get in the way. And when I left there, I definitely did myself a disservice by assuming certain things mm-hmm. and getting mad. And then, you know, I'll show them, I'll just leave. And so in all reality, it probably was the best thing because some of the reasons that I was hesitant about staying have, have since proven to be true. Right. <laughs> but again, I had a knee-jerk reaction. And then I went to architecture and no disrespect because I, you know, I am not worthy to people who can handle architects. That was a year of my life. I'll never get back. (laughs) But that during that year, the one, the one amazing thing that came out of that is that's when I worked closely with a mentor and did the first deep soul search of what I wanted to be when I grew up. And that's when I realized and committed to myself that construction is where I want to be. And so I was only there for a year. And although I probably same thing, knee jerk reacted, it definitely was the right thing because that architecture is just not for me. I know lots of people who love it. And like I said, thank heavens for people <laughs> take all kinds. And that's the beauty of, of beauty of this. Right. And then I went to another vertical contractor, loved it. And actually there really started to see, thanks to a, an incredible manager, how much value marketing can bring outside of proposals. Okay. And I loved it. Unfortunately was laid off. It was a business decision. There were six of us that got laid off that day. It was all just you know, seniority and completely business decision. I mean, I still stay in touch with my manager, right. who ironically is at the first contractor now. Anyway, and I didn't see it coming. So for me, I was like, oh, 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 shit. People kind of like, now what do I do? Right. But knew that construction was where I wanted to be. And through using my network, got a job at an electrical contractor in Phoenix and that's a story for another day, but definitely the power of your network, never, never, never underestimate how powerful building a network is. And I was really, really lucky at that electrical contractor. The electrical part was new to me, but I knew construction. And so I definitely had a leg up going in. They had only had one marketing professional before me and she just was inexperienced. And and again, you don't know what you don't know. So for me, it was, it was awesome because they needed and wanted so much help uh, and I was able to do that. And they were also so supportive of SMPS because I started there in July and then that September I was president elect. (laughs) So for a new employer to be willing to support you through that was pretty amazing. Yeah. And again, just got to do so much. That company had some leadership changes and that is when the second really deep soul search came in. A very, very dear friend of mine risked our friendship. And, you know, because of course I was going to need your react and I'll show them, I'll just leave. And, you know, she sat me down and she's like, Cricket, 
at the end of the day, you know, whether you leave or you stay, you know, that, that isn't the point, but if you leave, make sure it's for the right reason. She's like, you, you know, it might perhaps be time for you to look at your behavioral patterns mm-hmm. and address those or not and continue to, you know, go to a new job every year or two, just because you got mad and you left. Mm-hmm. So I was livid upset after that conversation, but I calmed down and I realized she was right. So I did a lot of work on myself. I learned a lot about, about life, again, about the culture that I you know, wanted to be in. And also with the leadership change about, oh, I don't know, a year or so later, I would guess. I also had a responsibility change with no heads up. They just came in one day and took away what I love the most, which is the branding and the internal communications. Okay. Um, like just out of the blue, like you aren't doing this anymore. So that was, that was the straw on the camel's back there. So, so now I'm here again, network and just being able to leverage how many people, you know, you get to know. And I had also, I mean, admittedly, Jacksonville, Florida was not on my radar, but I had told people for the right opportunity at the right company, there's very few places that I won't go. Right. And now I'm living in Jacksonville, Florida, but I get, and I know uh, you recently had Joy Gwynn on the podcast talking about mentoring. Yeah. And she is one of my dearest friends on the planet, but also an incredible mentor to me during that time when I was looking. She oftentimes, because I had, you know, that first soul search had, had really committed to construction. She was so funny because she's like, this is an ideal job, but she won't even, con-. not about my position now, but you know, she'd find something, this is ideal for you, but it's not construction. And I wouldn't even, you know, consider it. And she, so I know sometimes she was just, you know, <laughs> banging her, her head against the wall, but I stuck true to what I wanted. And I mean, Superior was great. They're, you know, an 80 plus year old company had been around for years. Say it's very similar to the job in Arizona with the electrical contractor. Had only had one marketing professional. Uh, She was fresh out of school. Didn't know what she didn't know. But I am grateful for that because then I ended up here. But I also, during my interview process, knew the questions to ask. Right. I, I happen to be good at proposals. I value proposals. I obviously understand that without them, we don't get more work and our companies will shut down. Mm -hmm. They're just not my passion anymore. They used to be for a long time, but they're not anymore. And so, you know, during that interview process, I I knew, you know, the questions to ask. I prepared for all of my interviews. And this was the most intensive interview process I'd ever been through to come here. But I'm I'm glad that they did because, you know, for a bigger position and really the gal who was here before me, I mean, she was fresh out of school. So she was more of a coordinator, not a director. And it was kind of, I think then that they also realized, you know, hey, we need someone that has a little bit more experience. They can, you know, come in and really evaluate things and help, you know, with the plan of where we need to go and help us get there. And so just sticking true and being true to myself, because I also knew, even though in Arizona, I knew that that company wasn't for me long-term, I also wanted to make sure that whatever position I took next was going to make sense. It's not worth it to anybody 
to, you know, jump from the frying pan to the fire. I mean, if you're going to go to another place where you know you're not going to be happy, well, that's silly. <laughs> right. We make sure that, that you're, you know, that you're moving for the, for the right reasons and you're making sure that it's the right opportunity. When I went to the uh, backup, when I went to the architecture firm, one of the disservices I did to myself also was I only interviewed at one company and obviously took the first offer that was given to me. I would definitely do that differently. So that's a yeah. heavy life lesson to learn. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And I, I knew pretty early in the, at the architecture firm that, that it was not for me, but like I said, there's, there's things I would do different, but I also, you know, through some pretty tough times and some really great times have found what my passion is right now. And just, you know, like I said, proposals used to be my passion. And right now it happens to be branding and communications. Who knows what it's going to be in another 10 years. And, you know, that's kind of like going back to the earlier question with, with the, you know, career path navigation. Yeah. There, it's just, it's never ending. It's not, I mean, just because, yeah, just because I, this is what I'm doing today does not mean it's what I'll be doing in 10 years. That's such a good reminder too, because for example, I love proposals. There is no end in sight for me with proposals, but mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that I'm not able to change my mind. Just like if you hear me say that, and then, you know, five years down the line, see me in a different role. That doesn't mean that it doesn't mean anything. It just means mm -hmm. you're evolving as a professional. Absolutely. And, and different opportunities. And that was, that's one of the great things too, about SMPS and, and any professional organization that you get involved with. You also get exposed to other things and, you know, can, if you're curious about something, but maybe you want to write and you're, but you're not sure, you know, how strong of a writer you are, you know, get involved with an organization and volunteer to write their newsletter. There's a lot of other places that you can kind of dip your toe, uh, so to speak in a safe place, you know, that you're, you're not going to get fired or, you know, you know, get a new position and then you end up hating, you know, whatever that is. So that's one of the amazing things I think about any organization involvement is you get exposed to other things and, and can develop skill sets that can increase your career potential as well. Absolutely. You also get opportunities that you don't necessarily get in your workplace. Yes. So tell me, what do you do as a corporate director of marketing and communications? Like, what does that look like? One of the things I love about my job is there are no two days are the same. And if you could see, <laughs> if you could see my whiteboard, it's, it's interesting because I was talking to someone actually just last week, I showed them my whiteboard and they're like, oh my God. And if anyone who knows me, some people would laugh. It's color-coded. It's super organized. <laughs> it's totally me. <laughs> and there's so much to do. I'll be vulnerable again. One thing that I realized that I haven't done, even though I, you know, took a couple hours before I came back for the new year and, you know, organized everything, went through all of my to-do lists, went through all my post-it notes. Again, anyone who knows me, I keep 3M in business. <laughs> But I, I realized last week that all of everything that's on my board, and I promise I will answer your question, is all task oriented. And so the thing that's missing for me right now is where are the goals? Like mm -hmm. at the end of the day, because I'm never going to get everything done on this board this year. Never. I mean, I, I'm a department of one, but 
what I need to do is, you know, what are those goals? What are three things, you know, at the end of the year, you know, that I want to be able to say I've done. And then, you know, in the days where, you know, my, my schedule isn't back-to-back meetings, I can pick one or two or three of those tasks that are going to help me accomplish the goal, not just be able to check things off the list. Right. But the categories of things that I focus on are branding, retention and recruitment, which that has been very interesting in our industry to watch over the last five or so years, mm-hmm. how well it's been accepted, for lack of a better term, that marketing is is working with other departments and not just, you know, like planning your subcontractor party or whatever. I mean, the war with talent is on. And so, I mean, it's critical that marketing plays a role in your, not only your recruiting, but also your retention efforts. Another category is awards. And it's just, I was actually, before this chat today, I was writing an email because award season for us is here. I've got one, two, three, I've got six awards due in the next six weeks. <laughs> so I'll, I'll be doing a lot of those. Internal communications, website, I have like a, a miscellaneous category. And then I do have pursuits. I personally only do, I don't know, five, maybe a year. Most of our efforts are in design build and in the Southeast, which this is not how it was on the West coast. So it was, it took me a little while to get used to, but in the East, in a design build environment, the engineers actually do the proposals. Really? Um, Yeah. Super interesting. Right. I was, I still actually, I still like, it makes no sense to me, but yeah. So, I mean, our biggest proposal efforts obviously are design build and I'm involved in those, but I don't have to do them. Heavy lifting. All of the time. Right. <laughs> I say that because I also am doing a smaller design build here for a city job here. But so, you know, there, and not only are there the pursuits, you know, so I'm involved in all the calls. Obviously I get the, you know, design partners, all of, you know, the materials, I review proposals, I make sure messaging is there. But then there's also, you know, the supporting stuff that goes along with that, you know, like the company brochures and is there any positioning that we need to do, you know, resumes, project sheets, all of the things, you know, that that go into building proposals. And that's just kind of how I have everything organized. For me, sometimes I can very much be like, oh, a squirrel and get distracted. But there's, like I said, no two days are the same. Like earlier today, I was working on a branding piece for stuff that we have in our lobbies for our bigger offices. I was working on actually two different proposals earlier. There's just so much. And, you know, internal, I'm not sure if I mentioned internal communications, but internal communications is on there too, you know, making sure we do a, a quarterly newsletter. We are using SharePoint as our intranet. So, you know, making sure documents get posted there and it just seems like it's never ending, but at the same time, it's job security. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. And branding is so big and, and all encompassing. It's so much more than slap a logo and some fonts and some colors on there. I mean, brand is so much more. And at the end of the day, everything that we do, you know, goes back to the brand. Yeah. So, so your question? it did, it did. <laughs> <laughs> this is the toughest question I've got for you. Okay. Shoot. What would you say your best skills are that make you good at this job that you're at right now? Yes, that is definitely the hardest question. 
<laughs> I think one thing that I can do well, and a lot of it is just because I've been doing this for almost 25 years. I never thought I'd be old enough to say that, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I've been doing this a while. This is, this is not my first rodeo. So because I've, you know, had the experiences that I, I have had and I've learned so many different things, it now gives me the ability to have that strategic vision and to be able to take a step back and, you know, see the bigger picture and realize how all encompassing this is. And, you know, and if the HR department is recruiting and they need, you know, X, Y, Z, then, you know, I know that say we have an upcoming project in the Midwest, that would be, you know, a strong recruiting piece, being able to kind of connect the dots Mm -hmm. um, kind of tag on Holly Bolton's presentation, but just be able to see the bigger picture and realize, okay, you know, all of the different things that influence each other and be able to, to help break down the silos that just, just naturally happen. But yeah, being able to connect the dots. Perfect. So last question, what advice would you give to someone who is just starting their career in the AEC industry? Oh, there's so much <laughs> advice I would give. I mean, like I said, I love this industry. So my biggest piece of advice would be to just learn as much as you can and not pigeonhole yourself. Because, you know, like I said, there was a time where I honestly, with every ounce of who I was, believed that I would do proposals until the day I died. Mm -hmm. And I'm not doing them anymore. And so just being willing to be a little bit open-minded and the toughest piece of advice I would give is to at some point, and obviously don't do this early on because you don't have enough experience, but ask yourself those hard questions, get with a mentor, have them ask you those hard questions, have them help you determine your answer because it was going through those two hard times in my career that that's when I knew I loved construction. That's when I knew I loved communications and branding. And then not only did I have the commitment to myself to stick to that, my mentors helped hold me to that. So if I, you know, got a wild hair or, you know, one day, oh, I'm going to do this. They'd be like, uh, <laughs> let's revisit that. Right. So just learn, just learn and, and be willing to, to grow and change. You know, like I said, I did proposals for a long time. Now I'm doing communications and branding, but I don't know what I'm going to be doing in 10 years. Yeah. I love that. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and chat with me. I appreciate oh, it. I'm so happy to do it. And one thing as I was recognized as a SMPS fellow uh, earlier, oh, oh my gosh, technically last year now, that's crazy. One of the biggest things about being a fellow is is giving back. And mm -hmm. one reason I have been able to do and learn the things that I have is because people laid the foundation before me. And so now it's my turn to help the people, all professionals, you know, who are younger in their careers and, and who are starting out. So I would not be where I'm at today without people who helped me. And so now it's time for me to help uh, other people. So if there's any you know questions or anything. I'm, I'm always, always happy to help. And where can our listeners find you? 
Well, LinkedIn is probably uh, probably the easiest. Perfect. That's a wrap on this week's episode of the AEC Marketeer podcast. I hope you enjoyed hearing Cricket's story as much as I enjoyed hearing it. If you're enjoying this podcast, I would invite you to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. New episodes are released every Wednesday. Chat soon.